0: Welcome to The Red Review Podcast. Hi, Jeremy.
1: Hello, mate. How are we doing?
0: I'm good, thank you. How are you?
1: Very good, thank you. Very good. Staying out of trouble. And hi, Catherine,
0: who's joining us today as our guest. Hi, Catherine.
2: Hello, hello. It's wonderful to be here.
0: Catherine, we'll come to you in a second. Before we begin the obligatory opening, where I ask Jez what he's been up to, and he wows us with all his amazing achievements uh- and things he's doing for his clients. So Jez, what have you been up to?
1: Uh, uh, the slight irony in you giving me that hype is that I haven't really been doing anything because I've had a bit of time off actually, because uh, I've got my my in-laws are over from Crete. Um, but yeah, generally because we're we're only recording these monthly now pretty much, uh, so we're alternating moving forwards. Uh, between it just being me and mike talking uh chatting shit, i would say and then getting great guests on for the, for the other one um and so and this, this is obviously one of the ones with a great guest so uh yeah what i can't remember what last time we recorded but in effect i pivoting the business more towards capability development uh, commercial excellence programs stuff like that uh, i've written some board papers on commercial excellence for a very large uh infrastructure business recently a government quango infrastructure business uh, who need to learn how to price things effectively so I was blatantly making that up but um, you know it all seemed to work why not get away with it when you can.
0: I saw some of the jobs you're involved in pricing at Mace no wonder we had a difficult year in 2020. Oh fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't blame Covid it was all Jeremy's fault. Um, fantastic it sounds like you're busy then.
1: Yeah, not too bad, not too bad.
0: How about you? you your big bid's just gone in, hasn't it? Just put a big bid in for HS2, which because it got into the press that we were shortlisted, I can't talk about. So we had a joint venture with that or joint venture with Atkins and sister called AMS. So that went in. Um good experience. don't do many bids anymore, so um I felt a bit rusty to begin with, but it all came came to go from the end. Uh I got accepted to speak at BPC Dallas. I'll be speaking about influence Quite Big about in I've been getting lots of Big D in Texas. Yep. Um, and uh, um, yeah, me and Jez have, 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 have been exchanging texts about Big D all day. Um, and um, uh, I bought a house. Oh, yeah, so I bought a house. So I'm Mid- moving out of London to Northampton, so moving back to the Midlands. Um, oh, and, and I've got Covid. So um oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, for those who are listening and not seeing I'm I'm in a hotel room uh tested negative you know and but I'm going to a wedding on Thursday so we've come up to the lakes and did test this morning I'm full on covid and feel like poo so um we will see what happens whether I make the wedding or not um but, but yeah so I was fine when I left get, leaving london has, has triggered some sort of covid response and I now have full on Runny nose, headache, aching, slept till afternoon. So, yeah, second second time having it. So, um, yeah. Okay, I dropped that I'm sorry in. to hear that, mate. No, and We're... I'm sitting in a hotel drinking a wine bit. and, and eating, uh, eating
1: Padron peppers. So uh, it can't be too bad, can it? <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, we should probably get on with it. We've got Catherine sitting there just listening to you chatting <laughs> shit about having the lurking.
2: I um, the pepper was was the highlight of my day if I'm honest
1: like <laughs> <laughs> <they have it. laughs> Well well done for making it through mate so uh, Catherine, thank thank you very much for joining us um I recognize you're really busy and you're in you're in New York uh, as we speak yeah. aren't you Yeah uh, I'm in
2: lower Manhattan for my first ever trip to New York City it's it's a blast
1: Right lights, big city. Ah, city that never sleeps.
2: Yeah, there's, there's a lot more honking than I think I've ever heard in my life from vehicles. So that's what we're getting used to. But otherwise, otherwise, say, I'll
0: back. Do you say honking or humping? Honking. Honky. Oh, sorry. Honking. The Wi-Fi is not very good.
2: Hon- okay. <laughs> what kind of podcast are y'all running over here? <laughs> 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 a fun one that's what whatever we want to
1: be whatever we want to be yeah um well very good and it's kind of the city that never sleeps because because you're very busy by the sounds of things we were talking talking off air which which we should get to so but first of all catherine for the for the very few people in the world who haven't come across you on linkedin um would you mind giving us a a bit of an introduction of yourself and, and what you get up to these days
2: sure sure so um i am katherine bennett I, I am a certified professional services marketer and i have been in the industry for about 13 years in professional communications technical communications bid and proposal writing marketing you know all kinds of writing writing and project management activities um i started off as a chemist which is kind of an unusual way to get into bid and proposal management and uh, and ended up doing technical writing at the chemistry lab where i was working and then heidi Ho one day became a bid manager and never looked back um I, <laughs> I think that's how most of us get most of us get our start,
0: right? I, I find it fascinating when we do these that how many people fell into bidding by mistake
2: well you know i find that the most impactful and the most thoughtful folks in this industry are people who came from other traditions so we know i i, I personally know a bunch of people with very strong marketing like hardcore digital marketing backgrounds or SEO content or folks who were engineers themselves or mm-hmm. folks who were in IT and those people bring a totally different a totally different mindset and a totally different perspective to the systems that we create and so I always try to seek out people who have education or knowledge about a different a different discipline before they got into bidding because they're the most thoughtful in my opinion about how, about how these things should go so but that's a little about me oh uh, in my I guess I should tell you, in my free time, I am a world record-holding strong woman. Uh, I have a cat named Kevin. He has two teeth. He's 10 years old, and that he wears a banana hat. So those are two interesting facts about my life. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic!
1: I knew I knew you were a weightlifter. I didn't re- realize you're a world record holder. That is some yeah. CV. Go clang, go clang, 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 clang. Just drop that in. <laughs>
2: In the last year, I've picked up two. I pick up two world records. So there you have it.
1: Wow. Fantastic. Well, that's cool. inspirational. What what world records do you hold?
2: Uh, well, I hold uh, the the three inch by four inch Saxon bar, which is a which is a really thick square deadlift bar. Um, I hold the women's record for that, and then I also hold the five inch by five inch blockbuster. So they're very specialized grip disciplines, but nonetheless, nonetheless world records. Um just so, yeah, five, cool, uh, five right? inch. Yeah, so it's like you're picking up a fifth grader essentially, like with, like this. No, one hand, one hand, it's a square. Oh wow. Yeah, it's a square. So yep, yeah, it's pretty rad. That is pretty, crazy. pretty, pretty exciting. We've got a, we've got a really specialized gym growing workout and we all kind of do that and just end up, I think we've got 10, 15 world records up there on different events. So,
1: Wow. Yeah. But right now,
2: so, so professionally what I'm doing is I'm the senior, senior manager of proposal operations over here at Maven Clinic. We are a telehealth agency that supports fertility, maternity, parenting, and pediatrics, um, end-to-end solution through, uh, uh, through an app that connects you to the right provider at the right time in the middle of the night, if you've got questions, we help you connect with a doctor and, and get your questions answered. So that's a, that's a one part of our business, and we're we're really thriving in that. So I'm I'm here as we start accelerating, and we're in this hyper growth phase right now, which is kind of an interesting kind of an interesting place to be in. So I'm excited that we're going to be talking about that today.
1: Fantastic. Um... And I guess we, we, we met, Catherine, when you, when you were your previous role at, at Lupio, um, which I, I thought was a, a really interesting way for them to engage rather than because a lot of organisations like those just have a fairly hard sell approach. And I, I thought that kind of marketing community building led approach that you took um, and led on there was really fantastic. I was a big fan of your work um and and learn a lot so it, thank you for that for engaging me in that we had some good conversations and uh, so I, I thought that was really powerful stuff and um and then it's interesting you've come back and got a real job as it were in in bids uh, and proposals
2: <laughs> i know <laughs> one, second.
1: one
0: second was it shoes in a dust bag yeah. i don't think i picked that up i thought it was stuff you had to return what is this? In Northampton. We might have left Kate's shoes uh, 350 miles away.
1: Shit. Uh, uh, um, well, we'll get into more. can't go to a shop because you've got COVID.
0: Yeah. OK, we'll sort that out in a minute. Right, let's go back to the podcast.
1: <laughs> Sorry about this, Catherine.
2: <laughs> no, Y'all are so much fun. OK. <laughs> You're going to have to leave <laughs> us
0: in, Jeremy. Um, what we're we talking about, we we're talking about uh, lupio, weren't we? Uh,
1: to a point, but we, we can now let uh, if you ask the main question, in effect, Mike, or move into the main questions about building a, a a bid function, that's probably the way to go. And I yeah. can edit it out.
0: You, you can't edit out the bit where you realize we've left Kate's shoes in Northamptonshire and we're in the Lake District because, um, no, we... that is quite that is quite amusing. That is, that's probably my fault as well because I think I, I unpacked the car. But there was so much there was so much stuff in the boot. I wasn't quite sure what was the stuff we were bringing, what was stuff that needed to go to the post office. But never mind. Um, I'm getting glares now from producer Kate. Um, she'll, put, she'll put a funny voice on me or something when when this gets edited. Um, yeah, so because um, we did want to talk today about building teams, because that's what you're doing now, and I guess through your time at Lupio, you engaged with all sorts of different businesses some that were very very early stages of building teams and were like we need some sort of bid management or content management platform and some who like Mason and I know Lupio engaged with Mace were very established and looking for something that's locked into our existing tech stack and all the other weird and wonderful things that we had in our business so um, I guess we were quite interested to understand you know you've gone into a new role how, how do you even start? I mean, I guess it's it's a blank sheet of paper, is it? You're just starting from from nothing with 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 your new firm.
2: Yeah, well, I think it's really important to realize that most most companies aren't bringing on bid managers as like one of their first ten employees, right? Like you you don't you don't build a foundational team and say who's going to manage my proposals, which has its benefits and its drawbacks, right? Because when I stepped into this role, my most re- recent role here, we had some very competent project managers who were running these opportunities and quarterbacking them and they weren't necessarily RFP specialists but they definitely had the project management skills and they were really doing a good job. Um, now what, what's required then is transitioning those, those activities away from somebody who's already holding them kind of off the side of their desk and how do you do that? How do you bring in the subject matter experts and how do you make sure that you're maintaining your social capital while you're while you're having these discussions so that folks aren't burnt out? Um, there's, just, there's just a lot of consideration that come into to building out a team. And what I would say is that I think, it, I, guess, I guess what I want to make sure everybody takes home with them today is if you think you need a bid manager, just please hire one. Because if you, if you, if you bring them on too late, you're, you're not setting anybody up for success. And, and, and when when does it make sense for us to think about start starting to bring someone on uh, is if you're doing about a bid a week or, or maybe even like a bid every two weeks, you probably need somebody dedicated to that process.
0: So in our industry when people are doing a bid a week they probably have the marketing team do it or a a pa typing up for the partner or the director leading it Um, and Mm -hmm. they'd say that that works for them what what difference do you think a professional bid manager makes in in that early stage
2: oh that's a really great point like the key aspect of this is laying the foundational processes for when things do accelerate so at our company now um we are in, in healthcare you kind of see a surge at the beginning of every year, there's this big bolus of RFPs that come through, and then you kind of get a get a little bit of a reprieve over the summer, and then it kind of swells again at the end of the year. And um, I think it's really important for us to think about laying the foundation before those big surges arise. Uh, if you bring somebody on, you know, maybe five or six months ahead of time, what they can do is make sure your content is really dialed in according to whatever sales value drivers you've created they can make sure the content is really organized for your sales team and they can make sure that the processes and functions are snappy so that when you do get a surge of work you're more likely to be successful and less likely to be panicking about the mechanics of the bid as opposed to the writing that needs to go into winning the work so yeah I I think I think even if you bring in somebody who has that expertise for a small period of time on a contract just so you understand what the process should look like, you know somebody like one of us that's on the call here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it really, I think it really can make a, an enduring difference in your team and make everybody's lives just a lot more enjoyable.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're right. But but here, so the age-old question is: What comes first? Is it getting the right person in, or is getting the right processes embedded in the
2: business? Mm. You know, I think it depends on the organization, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I really think that I really think that if you've got the person in the seat that you think can lead the activities, like empower them with the process that's recommended, because there's a lot of people, like I say, the folks here at Naven who absolutely were project managing like professionals when I got here. If they just had a little bit more RFP uh, specific skill, you know, they, they and they already did launch it to the moon, like they were doing a really great job before we got here. But imagine how much more comfortable they would have felt um and vice versa but so so i think i think that's just a decision you have to make for your team um individually yeah i hate and i hate saying that it depends that's my least favorite answer but i think i think it does kind of depend
0: i think i think you're right i think it depends on the business you're going into um some businesses naturally build quite mature processes some build completely awful stuff that is doing everything wrong and probably cost them a lot of money but it works for them so i think yeah it's a really 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 interesting point and i guess Jez, you see that in some of the organizations you go into right when they're kind of rethinking their their bidding strategy or their kind of approach and trying to break some of the bad habits that have been stuck there for 20 years 30 years and some of these big builders and, and getting them thinking
1: in a new way yeah yeah absolutely um so it's a change program uh, is what you're talking about really there's there's tools to that but there's the whole hearts and minds piece and the the biggest thing for me is sponsorship uh from someone senior probably board level uh who gets it and really puts their shoulder behind you so um you know I've, i've got some clients where that's absolutely not the case there's there's you know not decent sponsorship Um, which causes all sorts of problems. You get middle managers running about like headless chickens, not really able to push through the changes that they're looking for. Then I have other clients that have got someone senior who really gets it or a group of people who really get it. Um, And it's transformational for their business. You know, Stantec, who I've worked with recently, they've got one of my enterprise sites. I've got some great feedback recently where, you know, some of their senior people, if they get invited to, a bid meeting and there's not a bid toolkit phase on the screen or one of the agendas or one of our tools you know they ask the question why why you know we need to follow the process we've invested in be consistent you know follow all the best practice and that's fantastic to hear um and uh, you know it's that it's that it was like when i worked at jbw with jamie waller and that you know he just absolutely got sponsored us, we got a war room for the bid team, we had our bid process on the wall, every bid we wrote on, you know, storyboarded on flip charts and had it wallpapered all around the wall and, um, you know, that, for a fairly small business, um, that was pretty transformational really, so yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's key. Jeremy, I have a question for
2: you though, like what does good sponsorship look like because it sounds like to you uh, the, the the sponsors are educated about the process you should be following and they're committed to adhering to it but are there other good aspects of, of somebody who's sponsoring a transition like what we're just bragging uh
1: it's I think role modeling the right behaviors and uh being consistent because it's it's really easy for senior people particularly if there are pressures on the business business, you know, if it's if it's a high growth business and they've got investors behind them, you know, there's pressure to bid everything. The the classic flashpoint is where you're making bid no bid decisions. Um, That's when you know that you've got sponsorship or not, is when the sponsor says no to an opportunity um, and is, is consistent in making good, robust bid decisions. That's one of the flashpoints when you know you've got good sponsorship. Uh, If they just fall into the bad habits of bidding everything, that's when you know that it's not worked, I would say.
2: Mm. That's good to know. I feel like most of the folks who would be listening here wouldn't necessarily know how to how to try to influence somebody who's at that level of the organization. Um, Especially, gosh, that bid, no bid is such a that's such a spicy one to have to try to to have to try to bring into an organization that it really takes time energy dedication if you don't have somebody who already gets that at the the upper echelons
0: so yeah great point Mm. if you want to hear more about influence come to my talk at bbc dallas on the 26th of May. whatever it is (laughs) come and enjoy enjoy some big d with me um I can't get over. I, I guess Big D is what they call Dallas, right? But it yeah. obviously has, and, and the fact that you're Catherine means it has other connotations in the US as well as in the UK when I say. Of
2: course it does.
0: Do you want some Big D. <laughs> Big D in Dallas or Big Rick. Um, um Anyway. Uh, <laughs> we've lost you're going to get me kicked out of
2: APMP. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> they I chose it they it. chose to keep saying the word that, that phrase I'm not going to say it again anyway. but hearts and minds is important right so um and you and you both said it there that probably in answer to my own question it's probably not people or process individually because you've got to have the whole business wanting to make bidding a success some you know someone employing a bid manager saying you thought it because you're the expert ain't going to do it You've got to have the right sponsorship and the right senior leadership around that bid manager or that person to empower them to do the right thing. And, and as Jeremy's experience with Stantec, to call out when people aren't following the process or aren't doing the right thing and and, and champion the right way of doing it. And I think we see that a lot in, in our industry that um, majority do do it right. But there's some who talk the talk. But when it comes down to their bid, actually, the whole process goes out the window and they just do they just revert back to type um and and you know, you know where's 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 the review? Oh, we've not had time to do a review, okay, we've got kickoff notes, you know what was agreed to kill? what's the big three messages the clients were leading behind the client? Oh, we didn't do a kickoff. we just got on a call and agreed who was going to answer which question you know and and i still I still see that in a, in our industry um just lacking that those kind of fundamentals of we know what, what wins bids, you know these it's not it's not rocket science but what is rocket science is getting it stuck in the business as like an organizational culture
2: well and if you think about it you know be, just like weightlifting. If you, if i go up to the if i go up to the deadlift bar and i do something different every time am i going to be a consistent weightlifter? Am I we going to pick up the bar and i like i'm going to hunch my back one day or like put my feet at different angles right like, no you have to do it the same but you have to practice just like you perform and and i think i think what happens is that people get panicked to your point and they get panicked and they see these deadlines and they get worried about it. And then they, they're like, well, we're gonna go off script because this is different and special. But if I, if I practiced a certain way and then I showed up to my competition and I picked up that bar in a way that I've never tried before, I would not be successful and I think it's the same thing because these are these are big heavy lists that we're asking our organization to do you know trust the process that you've created and refine it and fix it refine it and fix it as you go through but um, certainly don't go off script for your biggest opportunities. So, and plus, it's really important to remember, you know most most organizations that are bidding are seeing at least thirty five percent of their revenue come through the doors in formal procurement processes, RFX, invitations for bid, like whatever it is. Um, so these are not these are not small potatoes. This is a third of your business revenue that's at risk if we're not thinking about this you know, in a really mindful way. So. I've, got that,
0: I've got that song in my head now. Is that still a thing, Jeremy, with kids? Small potatoes, small potatoes, small potatoes, small, potato, small potatoes on the moon. Sorry, you said small potatoes. Now I've got that song going around in my head. It was it was the song that kids loved with my niece and nephew were babies about 10 years ago about small potatoes. There was a programme about small potatoes. Sorry, completely off, off comment. off. That's off amazing. Attention.
1: Is that still a thing, Jeremy? With, with, with... Uh, I've, I haven't come across that one yet. I'm still stuck with um, Bluey and uh peter rabbit and stuff like that at the moment
0: Get you it know, on youtube it's a it's a classic and then you'll never get that stupid song out of your head um
1: that and you talked gym, about you, you know,
0: talked about weightlifting there which is a nice kind of segment into because we want to talk about your non-bidding career because that's equally <laughs> as fascinating in your world record holding um how how did you get into lifting heavy things with difficult grips
2: yeah, yeah so i actually uh, i got sober about four years ago and my brain went a little wackadoo and I, and I needed something to get those those happy little chemicals to start producing themselves again and so uh, after about you know 10 years away from the weight room and i weightlifted weight when I was a kid or like you know I, I was exercising and I was on three sports teams in high school and things along these lines and skied all through my young adulthood but I said you know I'm really gonna I'm gonna try to get back into the gym and really push myself so um it, it really helped to center me and helped me in those early years of sobriety just pushing through and being able to be you know more effective at, at my job and in and in life in general and then it just turns out also that i am really good at it um, so I actually was Utah's strongest woman in 2020. I have uh, two grip world records and I'm competing at the national strong woman uh, event in June this year, uh, late June. So and strong,
0: strong woman is a multidiscipline thing, right? You're lifting, you're throwing, you're carrying, you're pulling. Oh, yes,
2: it's. it's- it's all that it's all about that, that really wild feats of strength that you see on tv you know uh, people picking up i mean it's really when it when it boils down to it it's either you're picking up a heavy thing you're throwing a heavy thing or you're picking up a heavy thing and walking around with it so the, those are the three things like the three general categories of activities um you know rocks logs uh, uh farmers carries deadlifts so uh, uh, car pulling things like that any any massive feat of strength it's probably on a strong bench yeah
0: yeah my my one of my Fun. friends his, his is his partner's english strong england's strongest woman in her weight class and some of the stuff i see her do on instagram is I, it really
2: lovely
0: no she's she's she was England's strongest woman in the 65 kilo weight class i think or 75 kilo so wow. she's not but yeah i mean her chucking bags around and carrying ridiculous amounts of weight and Pulling things and, and just her training it was just just phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. So I, I can't I can't imagine what you go through to be uh, competing on a national stage in a, in a country like the US. That's that's phenomenal. It really is. Well, I've got
2: to tell you, I have the utmost respect for the British folks because they y'all put us to shame on a lot of occasions. So it's a very competitive group of of, of people over in the over in the UK. So mad props to them. They're, they're Let, Let's give
0: her a shout. She's coached by Katie on um on Instagram. So if anyone's in you know, the UK list, any of our UK listeners wanting some professional coaching on being a strong woman she does that as well online and stuff so yeah she's,
1: she's amazing well, I could just imagine you in your hotel room tonight Catherine in New York City like bench pressing the sofa in the corner of your hotel room or something just to <laughs> I'm
2: in a micro hotel <laughs> so I don't right. to rip something off the wall like I don't I got nothing <laughs> just run around in the circle real fast <laughs>
0: Are you in, are you in New
2: York for work? Yeah, I'm in New York for work, but I, I usually live in uh, in Western Colorado, out there out near Aspen and Vale and all that. In the, in the wow,
0: and have you got a team in New York?
2: Uh, yeah, for for Biddy. uh, lifting or for, oh, for bidding, no. Well, so so my big team's in. Uh, I have one employee, and she's out uh, on the on the West Coast, so just the
0: two of us. We tried to recruit in New York, and it, in six months we didn't find any. Um, good candidates, and in the end, we we in the we convinced our U.S. business that they didn't have to sit in New York and they could be anywhere in the country. And we've we found a, a great candidate now in Texas. But um, yeah. yeah, it was really difficult recruiting bid people in New York. There aren't there aren't many people that are in our sector in bidding in in that city. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's, it's way more because you're architecture, engineering, and construction, right? Yeah. Oh, Texas is the place. Yep, yeah, yeah. that was a good choice. Yeah. I, New yeah, York is so much more tech focused, healthcare focused, like legal. Even I feel like you could be successful here, but AEC is is a is a southern and west coast game, I would say. Yeah. You know, Pasadena.
0: Mm-hmm. Which, 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 as a a AEC business based out of New York, is quite an interesting thing. But we are seeing now more growth in in the southern states and in and and in kind of California than we are seeing, particularly in the infrastructure market now, and and mm-hmm. Canada of all places. So. Um, Yeah, some big wins in Canada recently. Um, Look, we are coming up to time, Jez. So before you go, Catherine, we need to ask you one of our, as Jez put it before on the pre-chat, cheesy podcast questions. Um, And we're going to ask you, is there a book that you recommend to people or a book that you often give as a gift? Um, Anything
2: you would recommend? Yeah, the book that I love to recommend for everybody who's on my team, or I've sent like two or three copies of it, it's called The First 90 Days. You'll forgive me that I don't know the author right off the top of my head. Um, but I love it because when you're starting a new job, it's really difficult to get your hands around what you should be doing during those first three months. And The First 90 Days is a really great book because it helps lay out your plan. It helps you get organized. And it helps describe what the most successful people do to get that launch off and then, and then after that, usually you're off to the races, right? Like You're getting your OER set together, you're, you're building out your team. But I think those first ninety days are so crucial to building out your success at any organization, and so I always recommend it. Um, and now, I did, and now I did not bring up earlier the fact that I, I do have my own book coming out in late June. Yes. Yeah? So uh, now, now I I won't say that it's my favorite to read because we are all horrible critics of our own work, but I do have a book called uh, Productive Pain that's coming out in late June. Uh, at the time of the national contest, it's my talk about how I became a sober strong woman. So party on.
0: Oh, in June? <laughs> June Av- Available on, on online bookstores or, yes. or direct?
2: Yeah, pre-order at warmaidenfitness.com. War, like war Maiden, like out there being, you know, wielding the battle axes. You can pre-order there and then it, it will be on Amazon as soon as we're, as soon as we're ready to go. So.
0: Amazing. I might, I might i might have to add that to my massive pile of books that i would never get around to reading but i like to buy them anyway <laughs> just to kind of assure myself that i'm educated
2: <laughs> yeah, there is an element of osmosis i'm convinced if you just put it on your head when you sleep i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure it falls out into your brain at
0: some point i i have got a book with me today actually because now i'm going to be stuck in the hotel room i'm i'm going to be reading uh, why we get the wrong politicians um which is quite interesting Ooh. given in the uk today our Prime Minister and uh, Chancellor both got uh, fined for the poli- by the police for breaking lockdown rules, having parties in government offices during the peak of the pandemic in 2020. So, uh, yeah, a, a, an interesting time in UK politics. But um, I've had that book for nine months and not read it yet. So, and that was at the bottom of the, that was at the top of the pile. Your book, unfortunately, at the bottom. So I'm reading it about 2024. If that's all right. <laughs>
2: Take your time. <laughs> read the first ninety days. Read the first ninety days. You know, a year into your work, and see what. It's Deal. <laughs> there Deal.
0: <you> go. <laughs> well, Catherine, it's been lovely to have you on the podcast today. Thank you very much. um before you go, did I see on LinkedIn that you might be launching a podcast?
2: Oh yes, we do have a podcast, and we would love to have y'all on if you feel so inclined. Our podcast is called "No, Really, Everything's Fine." The icon is a flaming dumpster and it's for proposal folks who are essentially joining you from our respective Uh, office trash cans where we're hiding from our respective, you know, jobs and responsibilities and talking about the, all of the really painful parts of being an RFP manager, a bid manager, proposal manager, and how you overcome those. So our first episode on, uh, on how to build out stronger capacity for your team uh, already has a couple hundred downloads and we've only been out for a week. So uh, we're really excited and, and join us over there on Know Really Everything's Fine. We do have a LinkedIn page where folks can, can have discussions as well. So we'd love to cross, cross cross-pollinate if you
0: ever have the occasion. Yeah, do definitely check out the podcast. Um it looks fantastic. I've, I've not had a chance to listen to the first episode yet, but it's a great premise. Everyone, everyone, I heard a stat today that people bond more over stuff they hate than stuff they like. Um mm-hmm. so, you know, discussing pain points and things that go wrong is definitely a, a great option for um for getting things going. Look, Jez, Catherine, it's been lovely. Jez, what you got got what you got going on in the next month? Anything exciting?
1: Uh, oh, you're putting me on the spot again. I should have thought about this. Uh, re- just revving the business back up with some more work. I've got quite a big training program with one of your competitors, actually, um, coming up that will, that will restart soon. So yeah, just just you'll see some more marketing stuff from me. You'll see some more partnerships that I've signed that are going to spool up in the next three months. So, yeah, lots, lots of things I can't quite say yet, but you'll see or we'll be able to talk about next episode I'm sure
0: would you would you stop training people in my industry how to be good because um we had a great no. year in 2021 2020 or 2020 2020 2021 was our strongest year ever um one of our biggest contracts ever and and I can't keep doing it eventually I'm not going to have that phenomenal year and and that'll be your fault Jeremy
1: well and I, I can't keep nicking all your great ideas either so forever so <laughs> 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 uh-huh. Yeah, we've got to muddle through, mate. Someone's yeah. got to pay for all these nappies and the rest of it.
0: Well, look, Catherine, Jez lovely to chat. I'm going to go and just collapse somewhere in a corner and and
1: try and sleep yeah, off my feel, COVID. Hope you feel better soon. And thank you very much, Catherine. It's been it's been great fun and lovely to see you again. Yeah, was an absolute delight.
2: Thank you Good
1: luck with
0: the podcast. Good luck with the book. Good luck with the new job um thank you yeah thank you for joining us i
2: appreciate it thank bye
0: bye bye everyone